and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Lindsay Romain, and today we're talking about Minute 108, which begins with Ripley searching the water for signs of life and ends with Ripley helping Hicks remove his acid-singed armor. All right, Lindsay Romain, back for day three. You're on the you're on the Wednesday duty. You made it yes. all the way to this point. Let's. Uh, thanks for coming back. No <laughs> problem. I almost said hump day, which is something I hate. So yeah, I hate that too. <laughs> I'm, glad I... I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, definitely not a hump day guy. No, myself. it's so weird. <laughs> well, now we've said it twice on the show. Yes, but, yes, uh, got it out of the system. All right. All right, so we got we were left on a little bit of a cliffhanger where uh, Ripley's looking down at the water. I think we got like a split second of water in the, at the end of the last minute. Now we're seeing for sure that that Newt is gone. So right. we have this POV shot of Ripley realizing that Newt has been taken, and um, you know that's a pretty solid. You know, the POV shot alone is pretty much telling us what we need to know. Right. And I kind of feel like if this were Ridley Scott's aliens that maybe that's all we would have gotten um but we are in james cameron's aliens so we get the doll's head in the water which i like i like a lot it's just uh, cameron's got this tendency to add you know little beats little bits of detail a little bit more dramatic you know um imagery and i and i like that though in this case it's Boy, it kind of makes you sink a little bit. Like if you're watching this movie for the first time, your heart sinks along with the the doll's head a little bit. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, up until this point, that's been the only kind of thing that she's had. You know, her only source of comfort. So the fact that it's you know she's been separated from it, it does kind of punch you in the gut a little. Yeah, and obviously it's creepy looking. Yeah. It's a, a, a decapitated doll, you know, a doll's the a disembodied head, right, um, floating in the water, and then it sinks, and those those eyes close. And I wonder, like, do you think that's what would naturally happen every time you sunk a doll head, <laughs> or do you think they had to shoot this like a hundred times to get that? I think they probably had to shoot it about a hundred times because. Uh... Yeah, I don't think a doll head would really, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't have much experience with severed doll heads in water, but um, I don't think they would always act as agreeable <laughs> as this one does, so. Maybe this is a Mythbusters episode yeah. or something, <laughs> like, how many times would it take for the doll's eyes to close in water? I guess it depends, too, it could be very random, they might have gotten it, like, on the first try, but I'm, I imagine that would have probably taken a long time. But again, it's an effective shot. I'm I really like it. I, again, we we tease James Cameron a little bit about his flourishes, but in this case, I think it works really well uh, because then we get we're impacted by it, and then we cut back to Ripley, and she's impacted by it, and I think we're getting kind of the Ripley version of apoplectic here. Like once she realizes Newt's gone, she kind of like this pain goes through her. You can see in her face that she's clearly like deeply hurt by the fact that Newt has been taken here and she kind of starts to panic a little bit. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, assessment? absolutely. Absolutely. This is kind of like, yeah, I mean, obviously the thing they were just working towards trying to help, they didn't get to in time. And that's always a pretty terrible, painful feeling. So yeah, I think it does set her off. Yeah. And I think she momentarily forgets that they are also in direct danger. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is part of, I guess one of the side effects of panic is that if uh, you'll get focused on one element and forget about the others, and um, Hicks Hicks comes through and says, you know, well, we got to get out of here. 
But then Ripley says, well, they, they keep them alive. She's not dead. Right. And and it's almost like she's saying this in a that's kind of a positive thing. Like, oh, okay, cool. She's still alive. You can go get her. But to me, that also raises really horrifying possibilities for Newt. Like it's yeah. It's like, oh God, yeah, that's right. They do keep them alive. That's terrible. I really hope yeah, uh, something yeah. Mind can kind of run away with what that means, but yeah, for sure. But for her, it's definitely a, a sign of hope. Like, there's something that we can do here. Obviously, we'll get that paid off later. But um, in the meantime, Hicks is like, cool, cool, yeah, that's great. Let's go. Right, right. <laughs> it's basically this exact response. So right. um, they take off down the corridor, apparently not really sure where to go. They've kind of lost their guide, I guess, right? Uh, Newt was the one that got them to where they were. Yeah, that's uh, true. They just and, kind of run frantically now. Yeah, they were following Newt originally. They were then following her tracker um, signal. Now they kind of they might not have any idea where they are. So it's really just find the elevator and get out of here, um, which is what they end up doing. So they get to this elevator, and I, I wanted to note I thought it was interesting. Like outside the elevator, boy, the set design crew really went to town with the destruction that apparently occurred in this corridor because there's. Like a hundred wires hanging from yeah, ceiling. Yeah, like guts of the building just kind of coming out <laughs> for sure. I think the first thing I think when I see that is, well, it's pretty damn lucky that this elevator works considering <laughs> what's been going on around, about right around it apparently. But, I know. Um, Every time the scene happens again, I, even though obviously I know they get out, uh, I always think that too. It's like you think for a minute like, oh, is this even going to work? Like, aren't there stairs? <laughs> Where's the stairs? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if they found the stairs, it would have been a little better. Yeah, getting in an elevator—that's true. Like elevator safety. Yeah, you know, obviously in a fire, you don't get into an elevator. Maybe an alien attack—I don't know. <laughs> they certainly don't seem to have a problem with it. They do it multiple times. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> maybe that's not in the rule book. I'm someone um, who I don't know about you, but I'm elevators make me like extremely anxious. I'm really not a mm-hmm. fan of them at all. So uh, whenever I see a character in any dire situation in any film or TV run into an elevator, I just immediately get that like extreme anxiety feelings. <laughs> like, I don't know. I am a little claustrophobic, I think. And just the idea of being stuck in one really scares me. So yeah, this always, this part always works on me really well. Yeah. I am also very claustrophobic. Um, I don't think about elevators that much. I don't know why. Like when I'm in them, I'm fine. Yeah. But if one of them stopped, I would, immediately not be fine i that got would be stuck the... in an elevator once uh for like two hours so that's probably why <laughs> probably oh, wow. something to do. it was during a storm and power outage uh with my grandmother which is like the worst case scenario so oh, boy. yeah maybe i'm sure that's why but even before then i was always kind of anxious about them so yeah i don't i think if that experience occurred then <laughs> Then it might be hard to get me in one yes. uh, after that. But I, I'm not a fan of enclosed spaces either. But a stopped elevator, that's pretty, yeah, ugh, no thank yeah. you. No, not the best. But so they get into the elevator here. And this is an interesting choice because in the original script, they were being chased right here. So as they're coming down the corridor, while in the movie we have, um, we know the aliens are on the way because of the tracker. Um, in the movie or in the script, they were being pursued by one and they were making their way down to the elevator. And it was kind of this classic, uh, I guess, pretty cliche moment where they're getting in the elevator, they turn around and it's coming out of my, I hope the door closes in time. Yeah. 
which is like, okay, a little bit suspenseful, but we've also seen it before. Right. So for one reason or another, whether it's because, you know, it was easier not to shoot an alien coming down the hallway or because they smartly came up with a better approach to the, to the, this beat in the action. Um, they get to the elevator and it just, and just stand there for a minute, yeah. <laughs> which I think is, is, which is mildly comedic. Right. Like the fact, I don't know what it is. I feel like it reminds me of another movie, but I can't think of what it is, but there's this moment they're, they're just standing there and Ripley is clearly, again, she's still, um, she's still deeply affected by Newt's loss. You could tell she, she has this look on her face and her body language is kind of betraying this, um, panic. And she's not focused on what's happening around her. She's looking up at the ceiling. She's obviously lost in thought. And then Hicks is standing there just waiting for that door to close and does the classic hit the button a few more times as if that actually helps, right. you know, <laughs> so I think it's great. All of it's a good moment because it's kind of, again, you take this you kind of hold your breath right here. Yeah. It's, and it's very suspenseful. And then the alien comes out of nowhere for the jump scare, which I think, you know, jump scares are sometimes not so great, but in this particular particular case, I think I prefer it over the, oh no, the alien's coming, hurry up and close the door. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting to think about, because the other one sounds, the other option sounds more of slasher movie type, like, you know, Freddy Krueger's coming down the hallway or whatever. Um, I agree, I think that that does make it a lot more interesting, but it's, you don't, it could come out of anywhere at any time, you don't know where it is. Um, it's a little bit just a different type of tension. So I like that they went there too. Yeah. And I feel like we've had a couple of beats already. Yeah. That were like the, the kind of cliche, uh, Oh God, you got to get the, find your keys to get the door open before, you know, that kind of tense moment, you know, that you pretended probably most kids at some point pretended that, you know, like, Oh no, they're coming for us. Got to get in the door, you know? Um, we've had so many beats like that already that I think that this was a good time to do something. This, and to me, this is pretty unique, this shot of them in the elevator in this particular situation where it actually takes a moment, uh, takes a moment and pauses the movie for a second is very unique. So I always appreciated this moment. Uh, and then the jump scare is pretty legit. Cause like I said, this, this alien comes out of nowhere. Um, Yeah. So it works really well. So the alien kind of, you know, actually obviously blocks the door from closing. And Hicks makes this, you know, reactionary move. And I don't blame him at all. Shoot that thing. You know, it's who knows what it's going to do to us in this closed space. But at the same time, you're in a closed space with something that explodes acid. So do you think that there was another option here? Um. No, I, I don't know what the other option would have been. I don't necessarily blame him for for that. I, it's, you know, when something crazy like that happens so fast, I don't know that you are really thinking about it in a super intelligent, you know, way. So, no, I would have probably done what he does. Yeah, I, I don't know what you, like, hit it with the butt of your gun. or yeah. I think if you're, if you're a Marine and you're trained to kill, you know, if you're trained to pull the trigger, you're going to pull the trigger. And it's kind of an unfortunate situation they're in because there's pretty much ripley's lucky as hell that she didn't get singed by acid um it could have happened to all it could have been completely it could have been lights out for both of them to be honest that have been a little bit worse yeah it's convenient so, where the acid lands all well considered. <laughs> very true i mean that's one of the things we've talked about a lot is the convenient acid use in yeah. this movie <laughs> where an alien you know it was the acid comes out once, it's catastrophic. Yeah. 
um, do whatever you can not to have that happen to where in this movie they just blast everything to smithereens and when the acid fits the narrative it suddenly has an effect you know right. and it, it's a, it's very convenient but it's an a, it's action movie convenient so we kind of forgive it right i wouldn't actually really think about that if we weren't pulling the scene apart minute by minute but yeah it is very it yeah conveniently lands right on his armor so it's easy to get off but yeah, I mean, I guess he gets a little some, like, we find out later he gets some in a couple other places. Right, but right, right. That armor, but that idea of the armor, like, melting away on his body, that's pretty cool. Another visceral moment that we can feel. Like, you right. can imagine, like, I've got this thing that is burning on me. Get it off, get it off, get it off. You know, that right. kind of feeling is uh, a nice moment here as they get, you know, the elevator gets to moving. Obviously, he was able to remove the alien from the doorway and the, and the elevator gets to moving. It's kind but, of cool in like a symbolic way too. You know, it forces him to sort of strip the layer of, you know, this protective thing so that it's kind of just more carnal after this with him. So I like true. that. It also burns right through that uh, that heart that he had graffitied yep. on the front. So, yep. um, yeah. So I guess if you want to go that far with the metaphor, but <laughs> totally. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully nobody else has ever gone that far with the metaphor. It's just me. That's what I'm here. I'm here to do that for you, folks. Right. All you listeners out there, I'm here to 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 take the bullet for the corny metaphors coming up with the dumb ideas the for how this movie. <laughs> right. Totally. All right. Well, they're, we're actually right in the middle of removing the armor, uh, so I guess we can move on to tomorrow to finish that um, in the next minute, unless yeah. you have something else. No, that's kind of right where it ends. All right. Well, uh, why don't you remind everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Romaine, Lindsay with an E, not an A, uh, and you can find my work on Thrillist every week and at a number of other places, slash film, vulture, etc. And you can find us at AlienMinute.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod or on Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. You can also come over to iTunes, give us a five-star review if you wish to do that, or su- just subscribe to us over there if you haven't before. Even if you don't listen to uh, your podcast on iTunes, it still helps us to have subscribers over there. So uh, think about doing that. All right, well, that's going to do it for Minute 108. We'll see you tomorrow for 109. <laughs>